Hello, and thank you for listening to the We Remember podcast, a companion podcast to go along with Griffin Communications' special 25th anniversary coverage of the Oklahoma City bombing. Hopefully, by the time you're listening to this podcast, you've watched our series of stories that we've aired as a part of the 25th anniversary TV special. You can check those stories out on our website, newson6.com, as well as our News on 6 app. I'm Dave Davis, and joining me today is News on 6 chief photographer Oscar P. Oscar, hi. Hi, Dave. How are you? Good. Uh, so you've been working at News on 6 how long now? Uh, in July of this year, it will be 32 years. So that means on April 19th, 1995, you were working here. What were you doing at the time? How Were you assigned to the, the crime beat? Kind of what were you doing? Yeah, I was working with Lori Fulbright. We had been uh, assigned the crime beat. So crime, courts, that kind of thing is what I covered mainly. So the morning of April 19th, where were you? How did you learn about the news? Uh, for us here, it was a normal day, Dave. And uh, you come in in the morning, uh, you go to the editorial meeting, uh, getting your gear together. Uh, we had heard over the uh, intercom that there was a, an explosion in, in Oklahoma City. You know, at the time we thought probably gas explosion. We had no idea. Uh, the first video came through and um, there was complete silence in the newsroom for what seemed like uh, a minute or two. Um, and we just all of a sudden just started scrambling, getting gear, you know, uh, getting ready. Uh, it looked as though a dinosaur had taken a bite out of the building, the Murrah building. Um, shockingly, It was like Hollywood, actually. It looked like a Hollywood scene. We made it to, you know, Oklahoma City is a little over an hour from Tulsa. I know we made it to Oklahoma City in about 40, 45 minutes. Uh, we just immediately went into news mode, still not expecting to see and witness what we did. Um, but we, we get there and uh, just mass chaos. So, Lori, what's unique about you and Lori, for folks who don't know, if you're listening to this across the country, Oscar, would you say it's fair to say that there was no other local reporter photographer team who covered it like you did from the very beginning until the trial and execution of Timothy McVeigh? Is that fair to say? That I think I think so, yes. So take me now, day one, you're there in Oklahoma City, you've seen it on TV, it looks like a, a Hollywood movie, what are you seeing as a photographer? Because sometimes reporters are elsewhere. They're getting information. Maybe you have a different view. You have a zoom lens. You can see different things. What What are some of the things that popped out to you, Oscar? Some, some of the sites, Dave, were, you know, people, just the tears, the crying, the shock, the shock on people's faces. Um, again, chaos. People really didn't know what to do but we were just doing something, trying to get video, trying to interview whomever we could, because at the time we really didn't know exactly what was going on. So uh, uh, lots of tears, lots of running around, um, trying to position ourselves to uh, tell the story as best we could from what we knew at that point. And from what you knew, it seemed like, because I've seen some of the, the raw footage as we've 
put that into our system in preparation for this special. And by the time listeners are listening, this special probably has, will have already aired and the stories will be posted on our website. But looking through the raw video, it looks like you were just walking up to people, asking them what happened. Is that, I mean, is that... Exactly. I mean, people who had uh, been in the vicinity of the building, people who had actually uh, made it out of the building, um, uh, some were injured, some were uh, just walking around shell-shocked. I don't know what happened. Uh, uh, People crying, uh, blood coming from everywhere. Uh, The only thing I can say is chaos. Mm. Six years later, when 9-11 happened and you watched the news coverage of 9-11, did it remind you of Oklahoma, the Oklahoma City bombing as a working photographer and just kind of what the images that were coming in and, and the work that photographers and reporters were doing to try to cover it? Did, did, you, did that remind you at all? Yes, it did. It brought uh, extreme sadness for me, Dave. I remember being in the health club on 9-11 that day, and I'm doing sit-ups, actually. Uh, every time I come up, I look at the TV. You know, and so they showed one of the buildings had had already been hit. And then live, you see another building hit. I immediately jumped up, got dressed and came to work because I knew my day was going to be different. It brought back adrenaline. It brought back sadness, angst. Um, Yeah, it it really brought back memories of uh, the bombing. As a photographer, how do you gather information in a situation like that? Who's in charge? Who do I talk to? Where do we go to meet this person? How do you begin gathering information and shooting a story like that where things are happening 360 around you at all times? First and foremost, communication is key. If you're partnered with a reporter, you talk about every aspect of your potential coverage. You know, uh, you talk about uh, what could go wrong. So you, you communicate everything while at the same time you, you, you have a plan. But in situations like that, pl- plans change immediately, you know, consistently. So you're always communicating. You're always aware, looking around, looking for a story. Um, and it's not easy. It's not easy because we're, we're, we're journalists but we're human as well. And so you, you, you feel what you shoot. You feel what you see. And uh, it takes a level head. It takes, for me being a person of faith, praying constantly, you know, giving, uh, asking God to give me strength, give me uh, discernment. Because, you know, people are uh, going through quite a bit. And you don't want to stick a camera in someone's face uh, without realizing what they're going through. So you really have to be on your A game. You really have to show compassion and empathy while at the same time getting the story. Do you have any recollection of how many straight days you were there? Did you keep track of how long you were there until they pulled you back to Tulsa? Did you guys drive back to Tulsa that night? I mean, kind of how did they do that at at Channel 6 at the time? You know, it's kind of a blur at this point, but I remember being there at least 10 days straight. Uh, sleeping in the car, sleeping, sitting up, uh, eating whatever you could find. Uh, for, for almost two weeks, you're just on adrenaline. When you were there um, the, in those first 10 days, um, how close, and this was something else that, that I've wondered because I was a child at the time. I wasn't living here, obviously not working as a journalist. How close 
were you all allowed to get to the Murrah building? Because I understand there were concerns about a second bomb. There were concerns it may have been a gas leak. There were a lot of just uncertainties with what was going on. How, when did you all actually get up to see what you had seen on TV up close? Well, again, because we were, uh, because there was so much chaos, um, we had unprecedented access. Uh, first responders, law enforcement, they were trying to keep things calm. So we were just right with them. We were almost ignored for a long time. Uh, so we were right in there. And again, our cameras can zoom across a football field. So you can, certain things we couldn't show, as you can imagine. Uh, we saw and heard things that uh, were just unreal. Again, it seemed like a Hollywood movie, but you're right there living it in real time, real life. The image that's stuck with me personally is at least one of the pictures, and I understand there were several of the firefighters carrying the children from the daycare center. And were there was there a specific image that you remember shooting on your camera that you'll you'll never forget? I remember specifically shooting two people standing up. They weren't badly injured, but I, I saw them wrapped up, head, arms wrapped up, and they just hugged each other. Looking at it, I, I would imagine they were uh, co-workers or workers in the building who survived, uh, just watching them hug each other and cry, uh, which conveyed to me through all of this, we're still here, thankful to be here. We're together. We'll make it through. Uh, that, along with so many other images, kids. I'm a family guy. I love kids. And so to watch uh, these children in pain, suffering, injured, uh, was very, very tough. Well, we've talked a lot about the day uh, to start off the podcast. But obviously, as I mentioned at the beginning, you and Lori followed the, the ensuing trial. So kind of give me the timeline there when you kind of switched from covering the bombing itself and those stories. How long was it until it really started ramping up with the trial? They they found Timothy McVeigh um, in, in that car, right? It was the, the story about the license plate, how they found Timothy McVeigh. Do you yeah, recall? we were there in Perry when they made the arrest, actually. Tell me about that. Um, you know, uh, media from all over the country was there. And um, at that point, you knew, for me personally, it, it kind of, when they walked him out, you know, and to see his face, zooming in, seeing his face, you realize this is one of us. This is an American. This is not a, a foreigner. This is not somebody else. This is one of us. And for me, I could not fathom the level of hate that he exhibited. You know, so many innocent lives taken, so many people's lives, lives changed forever. Um, it's a tough thing to cover. Uh, again, being a person of faith, I'm praying constantly because you don't know any given day what uh, scenario you'll be faced. So you have to be mentally ready, you know. And so, uh, you know, they bring him out. Uh, he's got the vest on. Uh, the cops have cordoned off people who could potentially be dangerous because the act he committed, people were out for blood. They wanted to get to him. And so... Just that whole scene was surreal. Uh, I'll never forget it, though. And you've probably seen, if you've, for listeners at home, 
You've seen the video of him being escorted out and people booing, loudly booing. You can hear the reaction, and that's what we're talking about here, that exactly. moment when they exactly. brought him out. So let's go to the trial because, I mean, so much has happened, and it's a federal trial for Timothy McVeigh. We're talking about specifically uh, Timothy McVeigh. They move it to Denver. Yes. They can't have it in Oklahoma. Right. From my recollection, to, to, to be fair about everything, they moved it uh, so there were impartial jurors, impartial people. It hit too close to home in Oklahoma. Uh, we were there. Lori was there full time for the entire trial. We rotated two weeks at a time. The photographers did. Uh, the company uh, set us up in two apartments. Lori had an apartment and the photogs had an, an apartment. And every two weeks we would rotate out. So uh, it was, uh, we couldn't go into the trial, but just the testimony uh, when Lori come came out talking about what what occurred in court. It was very, very interesting. And by interesting, what do you mean by that? Because you weren't in the courtroom, right? You couldn't have cameras in the federal right. courtroom. How did it capture you as a photographer? How did it how did it strike you even though you couldn't be in the in the room? Lori's so good at what she does, very descriptive. Uh, the way she told what happened uh, every day in the courtroom was like, uh, I guess, back in the day before television, where you listened to the radio, uh, you had to be creative in, in how you conveyed uh, what you saw, and that's how she was. So coming out, watching her do the live shots, watching her do her reports, um, uh, you got a good sense of what went on in the courtroom. Uh, it's not like on TV uh, at all, you know. So... Um, yeah, she she was she was very good at at, at describing detail in detail uh, the goings on in the courtroom. Was that hard for you to be there? I know Lori was there the whole time, but to be there for two weeks, you'd mentioned you're a family man, you're living in an apartment by yourself in Denver. How did that sit with you mentally, emotionally? I knew I had a job to do as a journalist, but as a husband and father, it was tough because I had a, a small children at the time. My son was playing t-ball at the time. He hit his first home run uh, without me there. So that that weighed heavily on me. But I knew I had a job to do. You know, I knew my wife, strong woman, uh, would, would, would take care of the home. Uh, but it, it was very tough being a family man, leaving my family for that length of time. You know, this podcast isn't intended to be a, a total timeline of what happened. So we are skipping forward here yeah. to now the, the execution of Timothy McVeigh. How does that work from a photographer's perspective, shooting an execution because you were not allowed in the chamber? T tell me what, what goes on well, as a, from we, a photographer. We were outside of, of the prison, uh, cordoned in an area, all of the media. Uh, that was quite a distance, actually, from the actual prison you were uh, way away from the prison not even the room but you're talking about you you were set up away from the prison itself from the prison itself and again media from all over the country are there and uh you just report as the reporters who were designated to go in and witness it they would come out and and tell the account of the execution and so we we had covered ex executions before but this one the magnitude of this one was was far greater and so uh in a sense, for us, there was finality, uh, in a sense, but not because every time you go to Oklahoma City, 
you're reminded uh, every terrorist act in the country you're reminded um, yeah th- this was unprecedented this was unprecedented you've been fairly close to Timothy McVeigh uh, at times throughout your career you mentioned in Perry was there something that um, you will never forget about him as you've looked into his face and many people haven't got that opportunity, never got that opportunity to look in the person's face who did this. What do you remember when you, when you saw him, when, when the times that you saw him? What I remember uh, from him walking out in Perry, uh, Dave, was his coldness. He appeared so cold and callous. Uh, unfeeling. Uh, He had a mission and he completed it. But it was a mission that caused so much pain, so much anguish, so much hurt for the people involved and the country. Uh, I cannot imagine what went through his head day in, day day out, what brought him to that level of hate. Again, being a man of faith, I prayed for him, his family. Of course, I prayed for all involved, the injured, the first responders, all of that. But I prayed for his soul because that that's a level of hate. The act he committed was beyond comprehension, really, to actually carry that out. So for me, um, I felt sorry for him. I really did because it's beyond uh, a, a mental issue in my mind, about him. It, 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 it was more, I think, a level of evilness that uh, that's hard to comprehend. Out of the stories that you've personally covered, and you've been with Lori, you've covered the crime beat for a long time, is there anything before or since that you can compare this to, this experience of covering the Oklahoma City bombing from beginning to end? Is there anything in your career that comes? Lori and I have been all over the world covering all types of crime. Uh, I've had uh, bulletproof vests on, uh, chasing uh, criminals all over green country. Uh, But there's nothing, nothing that compares to this. No level of of, uh, story coverage uh, compares to the Oklahoma City bombing for me. We've talked about it before, uh, just personally, but you know, you you serve as a mentor to a lot of young photographers who come into this business and who come through Channel Six. What are some lessons from covering the bombing in the aftermath that you are able to pass along to the next generation of photographers and even MMJs? I mean, those who report and shoot at the same time. One of the main things I pass along, Dave, is that uh, take journalism seriously. We have a job to do. Uh, it's not all fun and games. It's all. It's not all glamorous. You're uh, you're presented with certain situations that uh, you haven't been in before. Uh, I try to give them scenarios based on my experience, uh, how to handle search, certain situations, uh, whether it's being physically fit, men- mentally fit, spiritually fit. Uh, you never know any given day what the day will bring, and you have to be ready. Yes, we're human. We're going to go through some things, but communication, thinking things out uh, goes a long way. And I 
think that that's a great lesson for all of us. I really do. Oscar, thank you so much. Thank you, Dave. For taking the time to join us today. Again, this is the We Remember podcast. There will be or are, depending on when you're listening, a series of podcasts going behind the scenes, I guess you could say, of our coverage at News on 6 and our sister station, News 9 in Oklahoma City, as we remember the 25th anniversary of the Oklahoma City bombing. You can listen to these podcasts wherever you get podcasts. Make sure to rate them, review them, and tell your friends about them. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time.